You know what's happened, don't you? Hey guys, Steve here. You're listening to my podcast, 50 Uses for the Word Love. I noticed recently that a lot of uh, stand-up comedians who have podcasts, they're very kind of negative. They're always about regrets or failures or or kind of imperfections. And don't get me wrong, I fucking love those things. They're they're my bread and butter. But I've realized I haven't heard a lot of comedy podcasts about the good things in life. We are all of us multitudes, as they say. And then I realized that there's so many parts of the human condition that all fall under this one limiting umbrella term in the English language. Love. Love is such an overused, appropriated and misappropriated term. It can mean the way you feel about the most important person in your life, the darkest secret you have. It can be the way you feel about froyos. It's a carnival, man. It's fucked up. If we can find 50 words for snow in a problematic, probably untrue myth about indigenous peoples, surely we can find 50 uses for the word love. Over the course of this podcast, I will be talking to a different guest every episode, most of them stand-up comedians, but also some people from my own life. And each time we'll be discussing a different form of love. And today's first guest is Kelly Convey. Kelly is a bright shining star in the London comedy circuit and she is touring with Russell Kane and Alan Carr supporting them this year along with doing her first debut hour at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. She's one of the first people I met when I first started doing comedy and even though I don't know her that well, every time I talk to her it's like chatting to an old friend. She's so incredibly warm and forthright and I think the perfect person to start us off. I think think that's all I have to say. Um, I'll probably come up with some more things to say later. Anyway, take it away Kelly. You're listening to 50 uses for the word love. Today's form of love is soulmates. Is that okay? Say that again. Normal husky tones. Normal husky tones. Oh, very nice. I think it's a little bit sexier now. I'm a bit bit poorly. Oh, have you got the the Phoebe Buffet? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. It was much better this morning. We should have done it first thing. If you want to say something weirdly into it, you can just lean in like that. It sounds really nice. In fact, you can have a listen if you want. It's like like, uh, Mike Craft on stage, essentially. Oh, wow. Oh, it really? Oh, that's amazing. Isn't it nice? That's so good. But like lean in and whisper. Whisper. And yeah, so. Yeah. Right? Wow. Good. That's great. I think it's because I've got high ceilings. It sounds like you're in a proper studio. It's awesome. Amazing. So you've got the flu or or you're getting the flu? I think I'm like about to become really poorly with it. So Bruce, Bruce, my partner, he had it like... I love that your partner's called Bruce. I know. When I imagine imagine who you'd be with and it's this lantern jawed (laughs) comic book character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that who he is? essentially what he is. (laughs) He's a massive hunk. So he's uh, his name's Bruce Barnes. Boo-boo. What? Yeah, Bruce. That Barnes. is such a comic book name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce Barnes. I mean, when I first met him, I, I said, "What's your name?" He said, "Bruce." I said, "No, it's not." It's, <laughs> said, Everyone says that to me. But yeah, his name's Bruce, and uh, yeah, he's very manly, very handsome. But um, he has had the man flu for the last week. Nice. It's amazing, actually, with men. Uh, I mean, I'm not like generalizing, but you know, like the cliche thing of like how men really go to shit when they're yeah, poorly. Yeah, yeah. He is like the man that can. He fixes everything, anything broken, he'll do it. He was sick, sick <laughs> and I, oh my god, he was there like a little child, like 
help me. And I was just like, wow, it's true. It's the first time I've seen him really ill. Um, well, that makes him really like a, a comic book character. Yeah. It's like, you know, what's your problem? Because of green rocks. Yeah. green rocks. Dude, get up, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Pathetic. He had his kryptonite. And I, I've been at home with him over, you know, the last week and thinking that I won't get it. Yeah. And uh, the last two days I have been feeling pretty ropey but i've still done all the shopping all the washing <laughs> i'm still here doing the podcast um yeah, so good luck to the next person on this mic we're very uh, very happy about that. <laughs> i actually I've, I've never i think about this all the time i've never gotten the flu or cold off a romantic partner yeah and it's so weird to kind of aspire to be sick <laughs> like i really want it it's on my bucket list like, i just really want to just like oh i was kissing someone all night and now i just feel like <laughs> crap and like just, i just wear it as a badge of honor you know what I mean? actually yeah when you put it like that i just yeah i mean i i definitely didn't avoid him i was oh you I couldn't was, keep yeah, i couldn't keep my hands off so him, even so. all like withered and golem like yeah. he's still like in the top percentile <laughs> like, yeah no i was i was hanging on to him all night so it's probably oh. my own fault that i've i've contracted this viral yeah. disease because um yeah i was I, I didn't leave him alone it's the only good sexually transmitted disease <laughs> yeah. do you know yeah. what i mean and you can kind of talk about it afterwards finally i've got a good one yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's almost not worth going on the list <laughs> yeah. yeah um the last cold that i got from uh someone i got my is because my niece used my harmonica Oh. So that's cute, but it's it's not it's not a cool life story. Yeah, I mean the the sick mind that I have is naturally just to go yeah. to innuendo with harmonica, but yeah. I, I'm not. Well, <laughs> leave my niece out names. of it. That's Wait a minute, what's adorable, the, what's the, what's the innuendo about harmonicas? Oh no, blowing on it. I don't know. I'm ill. Okay, <laughs> it just, I don't know. This is why you we know get you. What I'm like, this is why we get you on the podcast. Just any object that I talk about, <laughs> it will, yeah. you will turn into some kind of filth. It this will be bastardized. I promise. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's 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 start. I'll 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 try and do a, like an intro. Hi, everyone. <laughs> See, we're already we're already You've got killing the cutest it. Cutest laugh. Thank you. Thank you. I've noticed I've got like a bunch of different laughs now. I have like five or six, but I think it means I'm gonna people are gonna think like I've got a fake one, like people say about Jimmy Carr. Like you yeah. can't go on the on the YouTube without seeing a bunch of people going, "Oh, check that out! That laugh's fake. He's a fake laugher." <laughs> yeah. People just want to find anything to kind of hate someone about. I think in any comments on YouTube, I yeah. don't, I wouldn't take them. That was where I'd I'd already lost. Yeah. yeah. Right. He's got a fake laugh. I mean, you've got a fake life if you're on YouTube. I guess, yeah, yeah. Commenting on whether people's laughs are real or fake. I know, like, what are they getting out of it? And it gives them so much energy. Yeah. Like, they get up in the morning and scour the internet for moments where Jimmy Carr laughs slightly differently to how he laughed on TV. And they'll be like, oh, that's his real laugh. I got him. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, I, they always say don't read the comments, but you always do, don't you? Mm. I had a recent uh, uh, uni lad video come out and I just, I can't help myself. Mm. And I read through the comments and actually they were really nice. But my I bet favorite, they are nice for you. They're, they're not always, no, I do get nasty ones. But right. in this video I got, um, but my favourite one was that batty though. <laughs> and <laughs> See, that was another and, one of my laughs just then. So. <laughs> That's funny. It's a fake laugh. That batty though. That batty though. And I was so, so chuffed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's a shot where my bum's in it and it it looks great. And I am just so chuffed. And the people were liking the comment and agreeing. And I was oh, just and like, liking the comment and agreeing. 
I was just still like, I was so chuffed that people were objectifying me. I think that maybe this is why you are happy and other people are not. (laughs) I I have a theory. I think that you're probably the most self-possessed happy person I've met in London, I think. Really? I think. I mean, definitely on the comedy circuit, but like, you know, it's a a cliche, isn't it, about comedians that they're not supposed to be happy, but you're very, you're a very positive person. I'm very happy. I think, um, I think I don't get wrapped up in the small stuff too much. Uh, I like, I know that a lot of people would have seen that comment and Mm. be like, how dare they talk about my arse and I'm not an object. Mm. I mean, I wore tight shorts for a reason, dude. You know, but I think, um, I think it actually stems from the fact that um, I have like a quite, not now. I mean, I'm, I've I've got a very quite a privileged life now. But my my working class upbringing, nice. I think that instills in you a very low bar mm. of mm. what you can actually be offended by. <laughs> I don't think I get offended by like if I get heckled by men in the street, it just doesn't bother me. In fact, I kind of don't mind it. I don't even. I kind yeah, of like I can imagine it. it bounces off you. Like you know, usually it depends what mood I'm in, but I'll always react. But it's not the reaction that they expect. I usually <laughs> like. Right, give me give me a couple of examples okay, of reactions. So it depends on if I'm like sort of hungover in a really good mood. I'll be all like, oh, hey, boys! Hey! Um, it's on! Yeah, come on! That you didn't think this was gonna happen? Like, <laughs> yeah, come to mama. Imagine like imagine. It's like a nature documentary and suddenly like you look twice as tall as you, you <laughs> yeah. were like you're hung over and then suddenly you're like tail feathers bitches yeah, plumage just <laughs> coming up hi boys um or i or sometimes if i don't like if they're like really gross or something then obviously this is a podcast so people can't see but i'll do like the whole like pull your nostrils up pig face back nice i just do i just I respond, but not in the standard, uh, you know, uh, yeah, whatever. Well, that's disarming, isn't it? I think it is. And I think they don't expect it. And I just, because I know these blokes. Right. I know them. They're my uncles, my cousins, the boys that I went to school with. They're like, okay, that's, I know that sounds like coming. a whole other story. Now. <laughs> <laughs> not my, my cousins, my uncles, uh, they catcall me in the street. Yeah, yeah. From yeah. the age of. <laughs> Where I come from, you're not family if they don't do that. Yeah. No, but I just think that I know what sort of blokes they are, and they're not, they're not, they're not bad blokes. They're just showing off to their mates. Yeah. And it really doesn't bother me. So I think, I think little things like that keep me happy. I, 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 I think with comedy particularly when I go into places there's been a number of gigs now where you walk in and all the comedians are backstage going oh no Mm. oh no this is going to be so bad because it's in like a working man's club no one's got any teeth (laughs) there's no working teeth in the working man's club best example is um, Minehead in Butlins which I've got in a couple of weeks again it was the Steps Reunion Tour nice yeah uh, on the Saturday night is it really I, I don't think there's any steps I think it's like it's more like a step. I don't think. Yeah, I is don't it like know. two steps? It's like it's like oh, wait, it's like H and it's like it's like remember. alighting from a train platform. It's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not like um, it's, there's no there's no staircase anymore. It's no, just, there's no stairs. I mean, like there never really was. It's like a stenner lift. No. <laughs> um. So so they were on on the Saturday night, and then um, I was performing on the Sunday afternoon at three o'clock. Really? Yeah. Like a, I'm actually like a doing a matinee gig on a yeah, Sunday? Yeah, yeah, in Butlins, in Minehead. 
that's kind of cool. My, really? Well, yeah. Like, really? I know people that go to Butlins. Like, no, there's nothing wrong with Butlins, but like that gig at that time. Right. Okay. I've got it in a couple of weeks, and it's the Boys Zone weekend. Uh, which is pretty awesome, actually. I'm going to see Boys Why is it only now. Butlins that has these awesome Deep Cuts <laughs> 90s themed days? Because it's Butlins, man. Okay, well, we need a little bit more Butlins right here. <laughs> so I went there and um, on a really, really strong lineup, really, really great. The room is about 1,500 CR, yeah. and there's about 20 teeth amongst them, you know. <laughs> the, and, and so everyone went out there and died. Oh. And I went out there and stormed it. And right. I come off afterwards and they were like, that was great. I was like, I don't think it's a good thing that that's my demographic. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And every time you go into these places, it's like, I'm going to clear up. If they're a bit like, yeah. a little bit... Um, well, no, because I'm realising I'm the guy who has to learn how to modulate his material. What to, You sound like the... someone who can be... You can, you can hit any target audience. And oh, then the more highfalutin crowds will kind of like you in spite of themselves and it'll be almost like this cheeky little secret they have with themselves do you do you do really well with like most normal people yeah and then some of the, the kind of the teethless people yeah. but then you have some kind of like slightly more kind of who think they're think they're so woke people who kind of like mm. sniff at you i think i'm getting to the point now where i'm becoming more palatable when mm. i first started doing those gigs i was still doing a lot of dick heavy material <laughs> I think I had a seven minute set about masturbation that's great though you know, I think female masturbation sets are, are important I'm sure and you do enjoy this I, I do I think there's I think it's, I have a whole bit I'm doing right now about female masturbation I think it's a gorgeous thing I think it's like I have this whole bit about how I think female orgasms are better than male orgasms yeah, because well, you have to work harder for them. Uh, because um, it's always kind of a surprise. <laughs> nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, I'm see, I'm slagging off men. That's why it works. But, um... Um, it, it all changed. The reaction, particularly from the women in the audience, mm. changed exponentially. Like, I mean, it's it's completely. Women really enjoy me now, whereas before they hated me. I find that so interesting mm. because there's a lot said about kind of sexist male audience members. Mm. It's interesting to hear a female comedian talking about female audience members not liking them. Mm. Uh, why do you think that was? I've what never was had a on? problem with blokes, ever. I've never had any men in the audience heckle me, make me feel... I, I probably once I had one guy say mm. something, but um, back then it was women because... I was single, so I was dressing up. Mm. <laughs> I'd be wearing like tight outfits, full face makeup, hair done, yeah. going up there complaining that I was single. Right. They're sat there on a date <laughs> with their boyfriend. Right. And then also I'm talking about very explicit yeah. sex and talking about, you know, and if you talk about anything, people visualise it. And I'm up there for seven Let's do that. minutes <laughs> talking about how I like to beat the meat. I'm counting on it for this podcast. Everyone, everyone's tuning in. <laughs> like, you know, I think that it it, it it put girls' backs up, and I don't blame them. You know, That's I don't blame them. Like, if you're walking down the street with your partner and he he glances at a woman right, right in the yeah. street. That's going to piss you off. Yeah. If he's st- sat there staring at a girl for 20 minutes yeah. while she's talking about sex, and, yeah, and, and you're, you're not going to be able to them. enjoy it. Yeah, you're on a date with this guy and suddenly this this very attractive woman is talking, is turning yes. him on. You are attractive. Yeah. Come on, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, and he's laughing at her yeah, and yeah, looking yeah. at her. And, you know, I don't, I don't 
I don't blame them. You know, I totally get it. And also, it's it, it was the way that I presented myself. I've now made the conscious decision to always wear my glasses on stage. They look good. I, I mean, I think everyone looks better with glasses. I, I'm, I'm a glasses guy. Yeah. I'm a glasses man. <laughs> me. I don't know. There's something really... But you're right. It kind of makes you almost a little bit girl next door. Is that what you're trying to I say? Think I think... Well, I think there's a, there's a number of things. I think it does... It's sort of... It, it, yeah, it does chip away at it. But I think also in terms of why I've now decided to do it, it's more about branding. Right. Um, Rob Beckett, actually, sorry, let me just pick up that name I've just dropped. <laughs> um, but, um, no, but Rob Beckett, he, he he said to me, he was like, you've got to decide whether you're the girl in glasses or you're not. Oh my God. And that's, that, that's I was like... That's like a proper, oh, that's yeah, a comic book shit. moment right there. Are you Clark Kent or are you Superman? Yeah, well, yeah. And, because, and you're Clark Kent, which is the yeah. cool, that's cool one to be. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I think, because I like wearing my glasses and also logistically, when I'm doing really long drives, if I'm wearing contact lenses, yeah. they can get dry, dry <laughs> as, as boring as it is, they can get really dry on the drive home. <laughs> so okay. wearing, my, wearing my contact lenses and um, wearing my glasses uh, has many different <laughs> facets to it. Kelly Convy has dry eyes. Yeah, I do. I've changed my description. <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> and I've got lots of different glasses now, so it would be more like the girl that's always glasses changing. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay. All right. I, even, I didn't even say the name of the podcast. It's, um, <laughs> hi, you're, you're, you're listening to 50 Uses for the Word Love. Uh, I am Stephen Trumbull. I'm a comedian and artist. And I love uh, the Jurassic Park theme tune slowed down by a thousand. You can listen to it online. It's actually been done. And it's probably the most beautiful sound or piece of music ever created. Oh, wow. And I listen to it sometimes to work. Like, Mm. if I have a really horrible deadline that's killing me and I don't want to do it, but I have to knuckle down for an hour, I just put that on and it's about an hour long. And it's, it's like a dream. And you just kind of plug into it. And I don't know if it means that the original piece of music, you know, the John Williams theme, is like a, a special piece of music, or just you could do that with any piece of music and it would sound beautiful. But I love that piece of music. I'm going to start every episode with a thing that I love. That'll be like a little, that'll be like my sign on. So it's mm. good. Branding, right? It's nice. Branding. Great. Okay. Uh, this podcast is basically about the fact that it's so weird that we have so many different emotions and feelings as part of our makeup as being human beings. And how weird it is that we have this one word that kind of sums them all up or, or could be misappropriated as all of them, which is love. I'm going to have a different guest every week and we're going to talk about a different form of love. Um, today's guest is the meteoric, fantastic star comedian, Kelly Convy. Hello. Hi. How you doing? I'm great. Today we're going to talk about uh, soulmates. Now, here's how I don't know how you thought of doing this. Uh, maybe I'm adding too much structure. But I thought I'd ask you if you have a soulmate, but then don't tell me immediately. Like, because okay. I think the great thing about soulmates is it could kind of be anyone. Right, it could yeah. be a family member, it could be a friend, it could be like there's so many different. Who is your, what is a soulmate? Mm-hmm. So I like the idea that it's almost like a who, uh, a love who done it. It's a who love it. Okay. You know, it's a who, who love it, who love it, baby. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, so I, I think you could give us like your, your usual suspects and then you can kind of pick one at the end. Okay. Does that work? Yeah. All right. So firstly, I try and do a little bit of research on all the words. And it turns out that soulmates, it's the, the, the results are not so much interesting as they are pinteresting and very kind of just a lot of seascapes 
pictures of waves with like nauseating song lyrics and stuff those nice. are the only things that you can nice. find there's no real like definition of it like with ancient there's no text about it that like well you know it's all just like platitudes and stuff okay so it's almost arguable whether or not it's a real thing well i suppose isn't it soulmate uh it would be different for everyone yeah so what you see as your soulmate Mm. it would be completely different to what i see as my soulmate because a soulmate in my opinion would be the the complete counterpart the, the the completion of me right now, the completion of you would be different than the completion of me, right? I mean, that's a little bit men, you know, men are like this, women are like this. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, men and women, their, their completions are very different, you know what I'm saying? Oh, lads, lads, lads. What you're looking for in a soulmate is different to what I'm looking for in a soulmate. You know, you might find that your your completion is, is a lifelong friend. Yeah. Whereas my soulmate might be a, a lover. Right, right. So I suppose... Maybe there's no definitive answer. It's it's a more of a feeling mm. than a than a text. Yeah, I mean it's 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 scary though because then when you put it like that, you get into the horrible feeling of maybe if everyone's soulmate is a dip, everyone's looking for a different thing. Mm. Maybe it's like that thing with like your best friend of like, well, I'm his best friend, but he's not my best friend. He has a best friend, so it's like, what yeah. if you have a, you have someone who you've chosen as your soulmate, but it's not reciprocal? Does it have to be reciprocal to be soulmates? I think so. I think because then you're not complete. They haven't completed you because they haven't given yeah. you what you there need from them. There has to be them. a conversation. Yeah. But not even a, a feeling more than a conversation, I suppose. It's sort of like, I, I think that every relationship is not about your feeling about that person. It's how they make you feel. Okay. So, you know, if someone's, every time you see them, they make you happy. Mm. You know, that's, that's a really healthy relationship. Yeah. But you could have a best friend that, you know, always comes to you with problems and you help them out and you're their friend. Hmm. But is that something that's healthy for you? Right. I see what you mean. See what I mean? Yeah, I totally see what you mean. Okay. So you're, you're kind of a domestic bliss at the moment. You've mm. moved in with your boyfriend. Is he fiance? Boyfriend? Not yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no. So sorry. Okay. No, no. No, I'm still waiting on him to ask me. Get um, on it, Bruce. Yeah, yeah, no. He's uh, he's definitely knows that the pressure is on. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You have that... Com- oh, okay. Oh, yes. What do you do? What are the tactics? Um, I... Violence. Just, <laughs> I just talk about it all the time. <laughs> and, uh, on stage in front uh, of millions just, of people. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got loads of jokes about it. Love it. About he hasn't asked me. Oh. Um, and, uh, yeah, every time... Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say, every time we go out for something romantic, by the end of that night, if he hasn't asked me, I get really stroppy. So this is an ongoing, perpetual feeling. It's constant. <laughs> we went to Paris, right? We went to Paris and... That's the time the th- to do it. The thing is, is that it's not like it's one-sided. We've looked at rings. He talks about wanting to get married all the time. It's, it's not a one-sided thing. I'm not oh, like, completely nice. crazy. No, I no. am crazy to the point, but... Um, we went to Paris, we'd already looked at rings and I, I was convinced he was going to do it out there and um, went to see George Ezra on okay. the first night, he was my favourite artist mm. and I love George Ezra and I was like, well look, in my head in yeah. my crazy head, he's killing it so he's far. like okay, he's got in contact with his manager he's, he's, <laughs> I'm not even shitting you Steven. And, and like there's camera crews everywhere, we're, yeah. we're getting ready to capture it it's going to be released just, online yeah yeah, I was expecting fully that he was going to get me up on stage. George Ezra was going to like stop wow. the song. He'd wow. get me up on stage. He'd propose to me in front of the whole audience. Did he mm. fuck? 
Then, then we went out for dinner as we were reading our special and I thought I was going to do it here then. Were you still expecting George Ezra? <laughs> no, I mean, I got over he's to still, George he's, Ezra. He's, he's always going to be, you know, no, you're like, no, no, he's he's in the wings. No, That was just the opening gambit. I'm definitely having him singing my first, our first dance. He's oh, going to sing our first dance. Perfect. I mean, I don't know what it costs yet, but... <laughs> it costs but that's, that's a, a name drop in this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you're listening, George, um, I love you. But, um, so you went out to dinner? We went out to dinner and I was convinced by the end and then I was getting a bit stroppy. We was having some wine and I was getting a little bit annoyed and he said, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Which is always a good always a good way to go. Yeah. And what's I just wrong said, with you? Yeah, what's, what's up with you? And I said, I, I, well, if I'm honest, babe, I thought you were going to ask me to marry Ellie. And he was like, babe, I'm not going to do it anywhere. It's so obvious. It's, it's too cliche. It's in Paris. It's too obvious. I want to do it when you least expect it. That's sinister. And then, honest to God, about two weeks ago, I was in Sainsbury's, right? And it was a customer announcement. Could Kelly Convy please come to the... I'm not joking. Kelly Convy, come to the customer service and that, uh, desk. I went over there, sauntering over, expecting like a flash mob or something. Yeah. I just dropped my purse. So, I ha- and then... I can't even take a shit without thinking he's going to come in and yeah. propose to me. Do you not trust, like, any food that you're given? You know no, what I'm I mean? constantly, like, You're constant. always searching the, the top layer of pie for a ring. Yeah, constant. You're constantly in choke, on choke watch. It's literally non-stop, 24 hours a day. I'm expecting him to walk in here now. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, Bruce. Like, this is just Bruce, a big... Bruce, a bot, a bot. <laughs> a big sort of ruse to get me not expecting it. Because now he yeah. said it, not expecting it. Every time that I shouldn't be expecting it, I'm expecting it. He's driving you. He's, he's gaslighting, man. This is mm. this is insane. A poor bloke, though. I do feel for him. I, although, but I bet when you went to Paris, like Paris, I bet mm. when you were getting on the plane to come home, when you would cross, like you didn't want to, you, the moment your foot was like almost on the, you know, the the jetway. Yeah. You were like, oh, so we, yeah, we do, we doing this the whole time. We really leave. We're really leaving Paris. Yeah. Without you doing that. Yeah. Oh my god. Whole time. Whole time. Honestly, it's it's constant. So I, I bet it, if the plane got hijacked, you'd be like, "Oh, is this it?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honest to God, I'm not joking. It's exactly what I'd be like. I'd be like, "Oh, he's really gone all out." There's a bloke with a gun to my head. <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> Where's Jeremy Beadle when you need him? Well, well, that's well. the question we've been asking ourselves for years. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so is marriage something that is like it's very important to you? Yeah, I'm very old fashioned. I'm I'm I like being I mean my dream job is to be a housewife. <laughs> You've said this, no, I found this really I found this incredibly interesting at the yeah. time because that was your show this year, right? Yes, yeah. And it was what was the name of the show? Uh it was Desperate uh, um I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she remembers the word desperate. No, it's not even it. in the title. It's dependent woman. Nice. De- yeah, so instead of independent woman, dependent woman. Mm. I find that interesting, though, because I, I didn't see the show because I missed almost every show that was worth seeing that year. <laughs> but I saw a lot of the material. You were working out a lot of that material, it like birdies and stuff. So I would see you every now and again just trying out that material. And I found it so... There was the one line that I always remembered, which was talking about feminism and like people criticising you for wanting to be like a housewife. And you saying, well, isn't the point of feminism that I can do whatever the fuck I want? And yeah. I, or something along those lines. And I was like, that's like the most interesting thing I've heard said about feminism in like the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've always stop found... Stop shaming people. Stop shaming people full stop. Yeah. I, I just I just find it... I find it interesting that it's very important that women have a voice and have a right to do everything and all that stuff. But 
I, I I really like making. I baked banana bread yesterday. Oh no! Like, and, and and I think the thing is, oh. is that you know, I I do have a job that I work in the evening, so I mm. am at home during the day. And actually, being house proud, making food, having dinner on the table for him when he gets in, it fills me with happiness. And I it's all, almost a fetish for you. Yeah, no, That's it is. I, I think I've wanted this for a very long time. I've wanted children. I've wanted marriage. I've wanted a relationship. Mm. And now I found one. Mm. I want to make the most of that. And mm. I think that. It's very, again, it's very important for women to have a voice and all that stuff. We are living <laughs> in the best... And all that stuff. <laughs> and all that stuff. But exactly, but it is all that stuff because especially in the Western world, women are living in one of the most liberated free times of, of yeah, in yeah. history. Yeah. So it's particularly when female comedians or people that interview me and they say, how is it? Is it a real struggle to be a female comedian? absolutely not <laughs> yeah, no, and, well. <laughs> and these these female comedians that you know i'm not going to name names but they will say oh it's really tough you know it's this and that and this and that no do you know what it was tough for joan rivers um joe brand yeah, yeah, exactly. like when they were really really persecuted when they've had to fight to get on a stage yeah i've never had to fight to get on a stage in fact because i'm a woman i got signed because i'm a woman i've progressed really quickly yeah so in my opinion I ain't got nothing to complain about. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not... There's... The good news is that you're really funny as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I try my best. But I, I just think, um, like you said, if, if if we all just stop looking around a bit mm. and uh, having such strong opinions about what other people are doing, yeah, yeah. you'd actually just be cracking on with what you're up to. Yeah. You know, I am... I've been raised in a Catholic family. I am absolutely 100% atheist. But I don't judge my family members because they believe in God. They can go to... I mean, they've got got enough judgment coming to them. Well, exactly. They've got enough guilt on their shoulders (laughs) as it is. Yeah, you don't need to judge a Catholic. (laughs) But, yeah. They invented that. (laughs) They invented everything. I mean, it is, you know, that's how it came to be, I'm sure. But So how how did the audience react, by and large, to the show? Was it a success? They were fine. I think I took a lot of, if I'm honest, I took um, quite a few of the more stronger feminist points out. um, Because it caused friction. But also, I don't think I'm a skilled enough comedian to deal with that yet. Okay. And it's something that I do feel strongly about and something that I do want to talk about. But because it's such a... um, Sorry, my phone keeps getting texts and I'm worried that the really sensitive microphone will make it sound like a fart. It's it's, it's literally been like... Thank you you for covering for me, Steve. I had a burrito on the way. Um, (laughs) Black bean. (laughs) Ew. Um, But um, yeah, I think once I'm a bit more skilled with um, comedy, I will I will tackle that because it's very triggered, and mm. I think that people. Hopefully, are, I think by the time you get round to it, we'll have kind of sorted a lot of it out. I think. Well, I hope so, I mate, think. because it bores me to death. Yeah, it, you know, it really does. I think you know, it's um, it's 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 about respecting everyone, and mm. I think that I, I treat everyone with the same level of respect. Mm. You know, from a waiter to a, my you know, a boss or whatever, like, Hmm. that's a very happy way to live your life. Yeah. It's very nice. And, you know, when you treat people like that, you get it back. Yeah. 
So when you go into, I don't know, bloody uh, corner shop, cafe, bar, whatever, yeah. and you go up and they're a bit grumpy behind the till, mm. if you show them two seconds of politeness and a smile, guarantee nine nine times out of ten, you'll leave there with them smiling and being nice to you. Aww. It's just I like that. Just and that is as much as it's a you know it sounds like a load of bullshit. Yeah. It is how I live my life, and that is in, and I and I genuinely think that's probably why I'm so happy go lucky all the time. Cause, yeah, yeah. You well, know, and why you're successful, people you get like stuff you out as well. Of it, you know. Yeah. Do you like uh, Ali Wong's? Baby Cobra. Do you know what? I've only just watched it because it was so very... Good. A lot of people said to me, oh my God, what you're talking about is so similar. Yeah. So I actually held back from watching it. <gasps> oh, that's, that's smart. Because I didn't want to watch it and then almost if there oh, was no, similar jokes been done or, thing, or yeah. I'm, I'm, we're matching, we're parallel, yeah. But she's amazing. I love that line where she's like, our job used to be no job. Oh. <laughs> That's such a funny line. Which is precisely what I, and what I love about her is that it's precisely that. And um, that's how I feel. I feel like it's just a lovely thing to do. It's not mm. like I want to rely on Bruce and for him to pay all the bills and all of that stuff. No, if anything, you're you're probably supplying a lot of... Like, uh, your career's killing it. You're doing well. Yeah, well, I, you, have you know... Career. It's not just a job, it's a career. <laughs> yeah, it's a career. But I've, I had a very successful career beforehand. I own our flat. Amazing. I mean, and then we are going to buy together. But you know, that's from a past life. That's from a, that's from a corporate life. So he better get proposing. Right <laughs> yeah. Jesus fuck. You, but you know, I've I, I've had all of the corporate life. I've had a very successful business life and and mm. all of the salary. And I would trade that all for to be a mum and to oh. be a homemaker. I think it's the best job that you can have in the world. With all the stuff you get back from it, what do you get from a job? Money. Right? Yeah. You know. And sometimes barely that. Yeah. And I do say that from a very fortunate position where I do have my setup made. But mm. yeah, I, w- I would love to just, just bake cakes and do oh. finger painting. <laughs> I, I would like you to do that. <laughs> Could you do that right now? Yeah. Um, uh, okay. This leads us quite nicely to another place where we might be able to find your soulmate. Family. Because yep. I know, I think it's Esther Manito who does a, a bit about her dad, and she calls him her soulmate. Oh, does she? I think so. I think I love the, her it's, it's with right her before dad. she then turns around and sticks the blade in and then twists it. <laughs> but um, you know what I mean. But I think I think it's totally. Some people, you know, they you know they say like, oh, my mum's my best friend. Yeah. I I, I kind of don't get that at all. It's, I find it really weird. My family. I guess I love my family, but I I, I find it really strange to think of your soulmate being in your family because I'm a twin. So yeah. I'm I'm an egg that split. Yeah. So yeah. I'm if I'm probably half a soul as it is, <laughs> let alone finding my soulmate there. Yeah. What do you think? How how do you with your family? I love my family to bits. Um, I've, I'm one of six. Wow. Um, so the kids are six, or the whole family? Uh, yeah. My, one. Yeah. I'm, I've got five siblings. I've got um. Catholic. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They believe a man can walk on water, but they won't believe in condoms. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've got uh, two sisters and three brothers. And I love them all oh, equally. I lovely. love them all to bits. Um, I'm There's no d- black sheep. I thought you could say no black ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, not that we know. No, my dad. Not that probably, we know. <laughs> no, my dad. There probably are a few dotted around. We've always said he's got a few out in Peru. Um, he used to work out there for a long time, and we're pretty sure he's got a few Consuelos and Manuel out there. <laughs> 
I'd like okay, now I'm just imagining that there is a Peruvian Kelly Convey walking around being really funny with like glasses, <laughs> but like also like, you know, fucking like Maracas. I, I, was about, maraca I, was about to be, I don't know, I think that's probably the, exactly the wrong stereotype. Such a stereotype. Is it maracas? I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of the most insulting, just you badly dressed up by the BBC <laughs> as a as a consuelo. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I, 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 knowing my dad, if I if I had some Peruvian brothers and sisters, I wouldn't be shocked. Let's just say wow. that. Wow. <laughs> no, I love him. My, my, I'm definitely a daddy's girl. I'm I'm very close with my dad, and I, my I dad, absolutely I, I'm love I'm shocked my that I'm his son. <laughs> I once asked him, I said, you should be more assertive, Dad. You know, you're not very confident. And he said, the last time I was assertive, you and your brother were born. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, thanks for telling me that, that way, Dad. Do you look really similar to the milkman, or no? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I don't know, because I'm very blonde. My whole family's very blonde. And my dad, I think maybe Is he black. was... <laughs> very, it's very strange. Yeah, my dad is Morgan Freeman. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, we keep going off on time. This is what it should be. It. It's yeah. a nice chat. We're having a nice chat. Okay. Um, but yeah, within my family, I'd probably say my soulmate out of all of them. Because I mean, I've got, I've got such a big, I've got like 45 cousins. Um, 45 cousins? Yeah. Christ. And my dad's one of seven and they all have like five or six children each. Um, <laughs> but I would say my nan was my soulmate. She's mm. sadly passed now, but she, oh. she, she, I am so like her. Really? Yeah. So Do you like look like her. her in pictures? Um, a bit. She, 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 a little bit. Yeah. I definitely look like her. I'm definitely more my dad's side. Right. But uh, she was just a very funny Irish lady who used to just encourage us to... She'd want us to smoke and shit. <laughs> really have a cigarette. Get started, get started. Get them, get them while they're young. Yeah, yeah. Get started, love. Yeah, she'd be like, will you have a cigarette? Will you have it? And I'm like, man, I'm 12. She's like, will you have a cigarette? She'd come from, a, you know, an age where she thought that smoking was good for you. And, yeah. Um, nice. She used to, like, slip us a fiver and a bacon sandwich and a fag and... I loved it. I it loved her to bits. Perfect was, starter kit. <laughs> it was the best. I used to bunk off school. I used to go to see my nan. She lived opposite the school. I used to go down there at lunchtime. And uh, she used to, she was devout, holy, Catholic, wow. devout. And she used to like, as you walk out, she used to uh, bless you with holy water. Really? Yeah, she'd throw holy water over you. Who was her supplier? She was used to just have a big her... vat of holy, was, holy water was, by the door. Was she stealing it from the church? I think or... she bought it from the church. They're, they're flogging water to people? Yeah, of course they are. Those fuckers. I know, they used to do two collections. I remember my auntie's funeral, they did two collections mm. where they come round and ask for money. Yeah, plenary two. indulgence and shit. I mean... Get your yeah. ancestors out of purgatory with this. <laughs> give us all the gold that you still have. Yeah. And then when you're in purgatory, your, your kids will pay for you to be not tortured. <laughs> it's a perfect Ponzi um, scheme. <laughs> so, yeah, my nan, my nan was the best, actually. And and what I love, the only difference that we probably, this is a ring, actually. Um, I'd, the only difference that I'd say we had was the religion thing. Mm. I, I've never believed in God. And she was, uh, she completely believed in it. And what I really loved about that is when she died, uh, we were all there. 
we were all round her wow. in the hospital and the, the nurses were like I've never seen this many people with an elderly person dying yeah. so we all stood around her and I sang her a hymn and Lord was like who dis I I've never heard, heard. <laughs> who's this Ke- this Kelly chick I've not heard from her once in the last yeah, yeah. however many years that she's supposedly been alive <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's literally that. That's the words. Don't talk to me. <laughs> I have calling in the night. Yeah, in so, the <laughs> night. So I sung her a hymn and we were literally all there. And That's um, lovely. Did everyone else sing a hymn or just you? It was just me to her. How old so, were you? Um, Probably, oh gosh, I was probably about 20 so wow. 21 maybe wow that's, yes. that's, that's big yeah so I sang to her because it and it really meant something to her and it really made her smile mm. and it, it was really nice and what was what was lovely is that when my nan died you see it in her eyes she genuinely 100% believed that she was going to be with God and my granddad yeah. and go to heaven and for me as much as I don't believe in it that for you me was that. enough from religion it's, yeah. it's, to think that my nan died Peacefully and happily right. in the belief of what she's held of all of her life. So it's a fair it's, trade. It's lovely. Fair trade. Yeah, if that's what you get out of religion, then that's, that's, that's well, lovely. Well, it's kind of what it? you got out of religion. It's like well, religion so. gave you the gift of your nan not suffering. Mm, yeah. I've never thought about it like that. Mm. The idea that you could spare somebody else pain by them believing something that's wrong or, or not yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. That's... Oh. Uh, that's that is that is great i think that and that's where i've always had a real understanding others and what their choices are Mm. she made that choice and all of her life she stuck by it Mm. and i was there in the moments when she died and and it it was what let her go peacefully so it's quite quite i I sometimes hope that that's how i get because you know you always think like oh people the the old people the brexit they just get they just get old and weird and stupid and they start believing in God more than they used to and then they get all, you know, philosophical. They get more rude, didn't they? They get a bit more rude. Well, apparently, uh, the frontal... Could you get ruder? Well, uh, could I? Oh! Hey! I'm a gentleman. <laughs> um, the frontal lobe of your brain uh, decreases um, with age and that is the get part out. of your brain that is the one that sort of tells you not to say certain things your frontal lobe gets smaller yeah so you basically that bit of your brain decreases to the point where you couldn't give a shit anymore you just say what you think and that and weather spoons was born yeah, yeah. <laughs> when i first moved to streatham uh, i went to the weather spoons a lot and there was just this kind of like fire, 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 and it was that's that was basically like this kind of like chorus of crickets in the in the in, in the grass, and I, I actually yeah, it became it was really comforting. I was like, I moved to London, I made it. I'm here. Yeah, it's the point of not giving a shit anymore. And actually, like that. that's quite freeing. I think. Okay, it's quite nice. So there will be a physiological. So mm. maybe we will feel. Uh, as we're dying together, you and I. <laughs> yeah, this is suicide pact. So yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I didn't tell you. We're also we're gonna we're gonna be the couple from Up. That's what's gonna happen. Okay, I'm oh, gonna, that's sweet. We're gonna build a house together, and then I'm gonna attach a bunch of balloons to it. You'll be dead. Okay. Long, long dead. Okay. This and everyone nice. else will have checked out of the movie by that point. Fabulous. Um, but that's that's uh, you shouldn't have said yes to doing the podcast. Really. I I I mean, sure. Um, just tell my family that I love them. This has been Kelly Convey's proposal story. <laughs> <laughs>
tune in next week. Um, <laughs> slightly scared. <laughs> okay, so no, I think that I think that you know maybe you will feel maybe when you're on your deathbed maybe you will. So now I feel like everything I say is going to sound <laughs> creepy from now. But like, do you do you think that maybe when you're on your deathbed you'll be thinking of your nan and you'll be thinking uh, not I'm going to go be with her but I'm going to greet it like she did that kind of um i'm quite a realist with it um i believe that we're organisms we are born we develop we grow we die and hmm. that's it so for in my opinion i think i don't know because you don't know when it happens but i'm quite a realist in the fact that i'll just be like okay that's it now yeah um and i want my entire body donated to science and and to oh, and organs. I don't want to be buried in the ground. I don't want to be cremated. I want to be given up. Nothing left. Yeah, yeah. Use it. Use it all. Use it all if you want to test on it for <laughs> decaying <laughs> yeah. liver. Um, just don't leave it to the comedy community. <laughs> scrapping it. <laughs> um, just burn me at the stake. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, but I, I, I'm quite realist in it, but I've never really been scared of death until I met Bruce. Aww. I know that sounds really cheesy, but I was thinking about it the other day and I've never really, I've, well, you know, I've had a really good, good life. I've, I've mm. loved every minute of it. There's been ups and downs, but I'm, I'm all right. If, if today's the day, then that's fine. But now I have really, really something to, to live for. I really want right. to have kids. I really want, want I see a future lose. now. Yeah. And they say a lot of people who have that, like, when they have kids is that they suddenly become scared of flying yeah or suddenly have these fears because they like, have something yeah. to live for i was like that when my nieces were born or my, yeah. my first niece because i i'm quite a cynical nihilistic if i if, when i get depressed i, I become a nihilist i mm-hmm. don't become like a miserable person i just become a well we're all gonna fucking die anyway so ah, and mm-hmm. i just use that as an excuse to justify not being happy and like I'm actually being authentic by ruining my own life yeah, I don't know what you yeah. fuckers are doing you fucking posers I'm yeah. you know whereas really I'm the guy being a poser really um, but when my niece was born it only just occurred to me when kids are annoying I've never really liked kids I've always been very befuddled by I still feel like a kid I don't feel like I want to be a dad and then my niece was born and I looked at her and it's you get that thing of like the tribe she's yeah, related yeah, yeah. she's her DNA is the same and it's just suddenly you go and then I just looked around and looked at the world and was like shit yeah. like, like what do, do, who's gonna fix this like <laughs> like my niece needs to live in this shit you know what I mean I got like really like upset suddenly for the first time about the state of the world yeah for sure I was like no I think, I think it, it's yeah. sort of like you, you you instinctively protect yourself but when there's something else that you need to protect you become completely mm. aware of all of those things and yeah. uh, just completely fixated on trying to wrong uh, right wrongs and trying to wrong rights wrong rights <laughs> so okay so so you met bruce yeah. um before that was it all very up and down the whole dating because you you were famously or infamously on mm-hmm. first dates yes yeah, getting mansplained yeah. To, <laughs> yeah and we you know the audience loves that so much we thought we'd get you on here get mansplained on a podcast <laughs> um <laughs> Because you say like it, everything changed when you met Bruce. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this, this is this the strongest you've ever felt about somebody? Definitely, I think you weren't I, a faller in lover person. I think I, I've always been chasing love. I think that's always been something that I've wanted. Um, but in all honesty, I think that I chased it so hard that I scared people away, Ooh. and um, I kind of was a bit full on. This is and... why you're not afraid of being catcalled in the street. Yeah, <laughs> people should be running, people should be running from you. Yeah, no, quite. I know a bit like that. I think 
When I met Bruce, I had got to a stage in my life where I was so happy and so myself and stopped trying to be something I'm not. And and that's essentially what my show is about this year, mm. uh, my debut, is that... Amazing. I, Good luck. I, I, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the other show was the work in, pro- it was a work in progress. Work in progress last year, and this is my debut this year. And, and, and what I'm looking at is the fact that I come from Chatham, I come from a really rough part of Kent, um, and when I was in Kent and growing up in my teenage years, I was a chav. I had the big gold jewelry. Mm-hmm. I, I really spoke like proper, like really put it on. It's a not bit. an affectation. Your your working class roots. I've always got that from you. That it's all very authentic. That you really are that person. It's because yeah. there are some people in comedy that kind of lean into it, don't they? I think a lot of people in comedy they like to fetishize being working class, and they they will they will go on about how they've struggled and and I, and I, I'm not denying that people have struggled um, but I think if you really do come from a very working class place uh, drama and <laughs> uh, performing arts isn't the first call no. uh, for working you would be straight into work and and, and 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 I don't want to take that away from people what I'm saying is is that I find it you can be honest with it saying that you're working class and, and saying that you come from really bad uh, you know uh, mm. poor upbringing uh, it almost um it almost qualifies you and 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 says, well, they deserve it more, and right, and, and, yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. that that's what people are searching for. Whereas I'm never in denial of the fact that yes, in the first part of my life and and, and growing up and the schools I went to and all that stuff were very rough. Hmm. But then I went to university. First of all, I went to university and I got a really good job out of it, hmm. and I started working in television. I got very good salary, and yeah. I worked very nice life equally around the same time my dad's business made a lot of money so then my dad has a really nice house and we get to go on nice holidays and nice places with him (laughs) but no not peru it's like for some reason he never wants to go to peru yeah it was one of the businesses there's a a clash (laughs) yeah there's a booking error there (laughs) yeah sorry about that (laughs) um but yeah my dad uh, like my brother and sister they had the opposite upbringing to me so Mm. they're very posh Harry's just gone to Cambridge. Right. So they went to the best schools. They went to private schools. They 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 got the life that my dad was always trying to work to give us. That's so weird. Yeah. Because you basically have a, a class structure in your own family. In my own family, in your yeah. Your direct family. My direct family. So my brothers and sisters are, half of them are from Kent and from Chatham and had the same upbringing as me. And half are... Um, like Rosie's a downhill skier for Great Britain and, and Harry's studying uh, maths and science, uh, physics at Cambridge. My God. So, what are you, the Royal Tenenbaums of fucking <laughs> Kent? <laughs> so, so I've never been in denial of that, but what I, what I, what my show is about is actually um, when I come to London, I hid that. And I, when I got to uni, I realised that being a chav in Chatham it's really cool Yeah. and at uni I was like I'd just come off the set of Jeremy Kyle and everyone was yeah, like oh yeah, yeah. and so I started speaking like this and I spoke like this for about 10 years mm. uh, when I went into business and when I was working in corporates I didn't feel that I could walk into a business meeting and say you're right I'm Kelly mm. uh, hello there I'm Kelly lovely to meet you mm. and so I spoke like that for a really long time and I and and I that transferred into my relationships when I was dating I didn't think anyone would want to date a Chatham girl so I, right. I even used to say I, I was born and raised in Brixton 
Okay, so I used to lie and say I was wait, originally wait. from London. How bad? Just how bad is Chatham? It's quite rough, but I think, but it, it, it was, and I just always thought, and I think that was the reaction. If Brixton I, is your like, yeah, your fake place where you grew up. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, it's quite sad, actually, when you think about it. And and then I... So we're going to find out that you're not even from Chatham, you're from Buenos Aires or something. <laughs> I'm from Peru. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do this all in Spanish now. Yeah, I, I just... What, what so what was, changed? What changed? What changed was comedy. And then as, 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 as silly as that sounds, um, I started doing comedy. And when I first picked up the microphone... I instinctively started talking in my Chatham accent. Love it. Uh, which is clearly a place of comfort for me hmm. and a voice that I hadn't heard for a really long time. That's uh, interesting. And, and, but, you know, when I went to Kent, it would come out. But right. the whole time I was in London, it would very much be that I would be speaking in a lot better accent. And I can flip him in, yeah. in and out of it very easy because I was doing it for a long time. My dad's like that because my dad, we, we're from Oxford, but my yeah. dad's from Grimsby, Claythorpes. Okay. Up north. Yeah. So if one of his three sisters calls, he's like, now then. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Suddenly he's that. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's warm. warm and it's, it's welcoming and it's, it's, it's soft and it's lovely. And, uh, it's the same thing for me. I, I think the one thing with my dad is that uh, what I love about him is never once put on an accent. He's never mm. changed his accent. And he's like proper like Chatham bloke. Yeah. And he'll walk into a meeting where he's doing, you know, big, big deal. And yeah. he he wouldn't adjust for other people. That's disarming. Which is great. Yeah. yeah. And he learned that and he always knew that where it's taken me... It's taken me a long time. It's taken me living in London for nearly 15 years mm. to go, oh, no, you should be really proud of where you're from. Yeah. And and now I... This is so long way round to talking about Bruce, but... Uh, no, I, I love it. No, I love but, it. But um, when I started doing comedy, I started to stop putting on the accent. I started to... Because I wasn't putting on the accent knowingly. I was no. just doing it. So, yeah, subconscious. It was like, subconscious yeah. like reaction. And I stopped doing it and I started to relax and really sort of be myself. And I remember when I did the So You Think You're Funny final and um, lovely man, Mick Perry, and he's one of the nicest men in comedy. Oh. I didn't know who he was, but I knew that he was quite an important bloke. And he come up to me afterwards. He's, he's like, I really just want to say, I thought you were really, really good. Hmm. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> and he went oh you're a character act I didn't realise oh shit and then it was like boom like oh, no. smack between the eyes and I went wow. whoa I didn't even realise that I was doing that and it was actually Mick wow. that really made me go fucking hell I'm putting this on what am I doing what a moment because it was a man of authority I knew he was someone big in the biz uh, that I had to put on this accent and then it was like bam changed it yeah and then when I met Bruce, I was in such a place of contentment. Mm. And I think I'm so content. I'm doing a job where it allows me to be myself, whereas yeah. all my other jobs, it was very corporate and I had to be behave myself. Mm. I always, it was what everyone's always told me, behave yourself, Ugh. you know, and, and be this like professional person and I'm just not that person no, I, I mean, mean I, it suits you so much your, your actual voice and yeah. like I, I was I think about like I remember thinking the other day when I bumped when we bumped into each other at that gig 
And I realised, I love that, you, I think you're the only person I know who calls me darling. <laughs> and I love being called darling. Like darling. I'm like, darling. And I'm like, I, I am darling. Yeah. That's who I am. Yeah. It feels great to be called darling. It's not weird. It's not silly. Like, I love it. And I think it really suits you. It's like, I mean, just to bring it back to souls. Do you believe that we have a, like, because you're talking about yourself. I did a little research into the word soul. And apparently the Greek word for soul, obviously, is psyche. It's where mm-hmm. we get psyche from. But apparently, in ancient Greek, the word psyche just means to breathe. Yeah. So that's basically, nice. the idea of a soul is just the proof that we're alive, kind of. It's like the thing that makes us the essence of being a living being and being self-aware of the fact that we're a living being, yeah, as opposed yeah, to just yeah. rooting through the the trash cans like with the foxes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to breathe—that's a really nice way of putting it, really. Yeah. So, so, so when you met. Bruce, you had your soul was actually able breathing. It would be compatible with somebody else because you weren't hiding it or trying to make it something else. Exactly. You know what I mean? I mean, it sounds soppy, but it's like it's got to mean something, hasn't it? Yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely agree. Like, you know, like the 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 breathing thing. I I really like that. It's almost like you. you, And I would, I'd hasten to compare this to someone being gay because I know that it's it's a a lot harder to come out but Mm. you know that kind of living a lie kind of thing you know and actually when you just become yourself uh, like you said about the darling thing I don't notice it but my American friends and even Scottish friends they've said to me before they're like I would just love to do that Mm. and I'm what? Because I'll do it, you know, I'll be like, excuse me, darling. Yeah. And they're like, well, I could never do that. And I'm like, to a waiter or something, I'd be like, oh, thanks, babe. That'd be lovely. Thank you. You're right, sweetheart. Hello, darling. You're right, sweetheart. Hello, my angel. Secrets of lies. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I think, um, yeah, breathing um, and being proud of of who you are, Hmm. whatever that is, uh, is is a wonderful thing. I don't think it's weird to liken that to a coming out because a couple of years ago, I made this show short film called Nudist Beach. You can okay. watch it on, it's on, I have it on Vimeo. It's, it's it's one of the only things that I kind of directed all by myself and my friends helped me make it and stuff. And we shot it at Hangersbury Head in Dorset. And it's, the premise is two people show up at a nudist beach on a shitty day when it's all grey and horrible. And it's all about the awkward conversation they have not kind of being able to admit to each other that they came to be nudists. Okay. Um, and it ends in this kind of cathartic, lovely way. And the thing that's so funny about this is that I made it as a kind of metaphor for being shy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it yeah, kind yeah. of ends with a com- with a coming out. Like I'm a nudist, so you could argue it's a metaphor for that. And then I released it on Vimeo just a couple of years ago, like way after we'd made it. it. It got into a couple of film festivals, like in like Seattle and stuff. That's cool. And then I put it on Vimeo, and then in about a week, I I now have nude fans. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I have actual naturists. It got added to lists. It's been upvoted. It's got thousands of views. That's so cool. The naturist community yeah. loves my film. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're like, and you get the comments going, oh my God, this film is so powerful. It, it really captures what it feels like to not, to be wrestling with that thing inside of you and to be proud of it and to go and to do it. And I'm like, oh my God, I was just talking about being shy. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, there's no problem with like, like that, that thing of just using your own voice and stuff like that. Like yeah. every, we can all empathize with each other. It's mm. a wonderful thing. I love that I've got nude fans. Well, I think that's the I could point. use more nude fans in my everyday life. <laughs> <laughs> Such a perv. Um, but I think that's it, isn't it? It's about owning. It's not about 
trying to be the same. And I think, you know, like when you meet people and they're a bit try hard. Yeah. You know, they're trying to do. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> never. I've oh, never. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was really funny. And I'm you're on like, the comedy circuit in London. I never work <laughs> with people like that. Exactly. And they're a bit unnerving. They're a little bit like, oh, I don't trust you because you're sort of agreeing with everything I say or whatever. It's the people that come out and own what they are. This is what I am. This and I'm not going to apologise for it. They're the ones that you're like, ooh, I want to gravitate towards them. Right. Oh, they're really interesting because they're not trying to conform. They're saying, this is what I am. I'm not shoving it in your face or anything, mm. but this is who I am. And I'm so proud of it. Mm. And it's it's a it's a it's like it's like again always going back to comedy, but it's when someone tells a joke that you don't necessarily agree with mm. but because they are owning it and they yeah. are you, authenticity you, yeah you go along with it and i think that that's something that's really important just in general just yeah. to sort of own yourself it's, and it's be almost, proud of it's it it's almost a cliche but the like you had to kind of fix yourself before <laughs> you could fall in love you know yeah, it's, yeah, it yeah. really is that i think that's very true in that i think that i that's become my mission in life is to just try and actually be happy being being myself yeah because that's the only guy that is going to be attractive to other people exactly and do you know what me and my friend we used to we used to we were like the hopeless singles we used to like <laughs> we used to go go out on what we used to call i dick can't hunts. imagine you with <laughs> <laughs> everyone go for a dick cunt um what i love about that is it sounds even dirty if you say it faster yeah heard you can't. <laughs> um but we we used to go out and we and she's very attractive and um we used to go out and not pull we used to go in like i remember one time we we called it getting white t-shirted because we went up to these two guys <laughs> we went up to these two guys <laughs> And uh, they they were like these two guys. They both had like white t shirts on, and we kind of went and stood near them. Yeah. And then I think she said something to them, or I said something to them, and they looked at us, and then both turned their back to us. Oh. And it was like, oh, we got white t shirted. And the thing is, is that we <laughs> were so desperate that no matter how attractive we looked and how nice we looked the people that are most attractive in a bar are the ones that are not looking around yes the ones that aren't like when the door opens they're looking they're the ones that are really laughing with their mates and they're having a really good time regardless of who else is there and i just only in hindsight do i know this is that we used to go out and be desperately looking at the guys and they can see you doing that well it's so i've had such a big problem with that in my life because i'm the guy who kind of sits there with a pint looking all shy and nervous and kind of accidentally staring at people and like and then i have to kind of stop myself staring at people and then i'm not doing it's horrible yeah you're right yeah and in bournemouth i saw so many white t-shirt guys they're like i used to call them like flocks of they you know they're like pigeons flying or not pigeons they'd be like um yeah like uh, geese flying north or whatever. <laughs> yeah. you'd always see like a v-shaped uh formation formation yeah. of them like just going down the street and you'd have to kind of weave through them and stuff. <laughs> I, hate, I hated those guys you yeah. should you shouldn't everybody wanna, hates those guys you don't want to you don't want to marry one of those guys a low-cut v where it's got it can show their belly button off Ugh. yeah gross yeah no. male midriff is uh <laughs> only good if you're very very comfortably pansexual <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and even then don't you don't do want to see any straight belly button no oh. <laughs> God, that's so gross. Just hairy, straight <laughs> belly button. Just the the winking, sweaty otter. Stop Stevens. Otter. Oh, Stop right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you're a wretch. Okay, okay. So, right. So we've we've covered romance. We've covered uh, partner. 
Friends, mm. uh, tell me about a V. Oh, my V, my V. She's actually, yeah, yeah she could definitely be one of my That's what I was thinking. She's a big contender. Yeah, that's a, a really contender. good obs- observation. Um, so Veronica is my next door neighbour. Um, she is 72. She is actually 73 on the 5th of... <gasps> 5th of February she nice. won't let me forget that um, <laughs> and she is amazing I've lived next door to her for five years and I absolutely adore her so when I first moved in she'd be like hello she's like Jamaican <laughs> and I'd be like are you right but no oh hi nice to meet you I'm Kelly and all a bit shy so there was this thing that was a Jamaican accent yeah no she does actually sound like it's actually if you met V that's spot on for when she says hello it sounds like you were ordering it sounds like you were ordering a Chinese takeaway <laughs> And, uh, no, she was. I, I was sat out in my garden one summer, and um, I was smoking some marijuana. And nice. um, I, I, she popped her little head over the garden fence, and she was all like, "Is that weird?" <laughs> and I, was, <laughs> I was like, um, "Oh, I'm so sorry, Veronica. Is it smelling too much? I, I really do apologise." And, and she was all like, "The only thing I don't mind is that you didn't buy it from me." Oh! <laughs> So she smokes weed, right? And I, I mean, I don't really smoke that much weed anymore, but um, at the time I did. And we used to just sit in the garden listening to... She, she loves gardening, so she used to come around and do my garden. I'd do hers. And we used to like just sit and smoke weed and have the best time. And we really have got such a good friendship. And I see her every day, like at Christmas. I, <laughs> I, I'd, got her, I'd got her a present, but then some my neighbour had given me some chocolates and I don't really eat chocolates that much. Well, another neighbour had given you chocolates? Yeah, I actually know pretty much all my neighbours. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. You're proper it, old school. It is nice. I do, yeah, because I'm around all the time. I'm all like, morning, hello, hi. <laughs> it's like the opening scene out of Beauty and the Beast, you know what I mean? Oh, there she goes, her name is Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, good day, good morning. <laughs> she reads too much. <laughs> um. <laughs> she can't read at all. Um, I hope she gets abducted. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I took her over at Christmas. I took her a present. And I thought I'll chuck her in the chocolates. She'll like them. Oh. And then a few days later, she came round. She was all like, "You can have these back." And I was like, "Why?" She said, "They went off in November." <laughs> <laughs> My neighbour giving me some gone-off chocolates and then I gave oh, them to her and she neighbors. brought them back. But she didn't even just like, you know, politely just throw them in the bin. She brought yeah. them back like really pissed off. She's like, so, how dare you? Everything is just an excuse to be a boss. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. But she's the best and uh, like she's come to my gigs. Um, I, actually... saw her. I, I, I saw you do your whole set about her at oh, Dogstar. Did you really? oh, and she was in the audience so that's yeah. why I remembered her. Yeah, so she comes, she's been to quite a few of my gigs like even once down in Brighton. And she, I took her, her last birthday I took her and her mate Pat. Um, <laughs> I took him to the comedy store, and wow. um, yeah, it was it was really really good. Um, Adam Hills sung "Happy Birthday" to the oh. to her, and she she loves it. Like she thinks she's a little superstar, which is really nice. But we have such a strong connection that is so weird. You you you, you everything you say sounds like it, it could have been like a sitcom in the 70s like I know. Some, some really that? old like the good life the good life like an yeah. old school like you know you live you, I imagine you're living on like a kind of a terraced Manchester street yeah. do you know what I mean like everything just seems kind of like beautifully old school yeah no, like I've is. got a neighbour just moved in like two days ago or something 
And if he talks to me again, I'm just going to cut him. <laughs> it's so I, 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 I'm, you're so outgoing. It's wonderful. Well, I think that's you. You, you create that lifestyle. You mm. know, he was very shy around me at first, and then I created that relationship of like being hello, good morning, you're right, darling, her, and then yeah, you. <laughs> gave her the confidence to put her head over the the, the 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 fence, and now she just does it so much. Like she'd be all like, she be like that batty getting big. I'm like, yeah. right, cheers, <laughs> And um, but she she's 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 incredible. And, and what I love about it is that when we're out and about, people just look at us and they just don't know how to take us because you know because we're such good friends. I mean, I shout at her, she shouts at me. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we, so so people start filming it, thinking they're going to get catch some racism and put it on the internet or that's something. That's the thing because I am racist <laughs> to her. Like, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know, we wouldn't be friends if it weren't the case. You that's know what I mean? soulmates, like, right there. That's soulmates. Like she, you know, she'll say things to me and like. She, she, I remember we were in um, home base and she, she's obsessed with the colour purple. She loves mm. purple, everything purple. And I lost her in home base and I couldn't find her. And then I eventually found her next to this big old rug, like this this like 100 pound rug. And it was purple and she's stroking it, looking at me like a child in the sweet shop, like, please. And I was like, don't even fucking think about it, you cunt. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the home, this person from home base come over and was like... Are you okay? Mm. To to be thinking that I was abusing her or whatever, and she was all like, I'm "Is fine. is this cisgendered white woman bothering you?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then um, also we went to the hospital. She was having some operations on her wrist, and uh, we were in the doctor. We went in, and the doctor said, "Oh, sorry, are you, are you family?" Uh-huh. And then V was all like, "Look at her skin. <laughs> you think we're family?" She was like, no, she's my best friend. Oh. And I love it to bits. And uh, we, we are completely inseparable. And and actually And you think it's a friend for life? It's like it's Forever. Like... I mean, I'm I'm trying to sell my flat at the moment. And the only reason that really I was apprehensive was leaving V. Yeah. And one day hopefully I've got a house big enough that we can give her a little granny house. But yeah, yeah. um it actually really upsets me to think that I won't live next door to her. But um yeah. the neighbours on the other side are crackheads and I've got them over. <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones who gave you the chocolates oh, from November. Oh god no, they're just awful. <laughs> yeah, so V could definitely be my, my soulmate. It's almost like she's like when I look at her, I don't I don't worry about Betty getting old. She's just yeah. like she's just so, you know, active and she yeah. does all of her she goes to nine nights, she's like a Jamaican she like she loves so a she's funeral. She's kind of more alive than most twenty oh, year she, olds. Yeah, she loves a funeral just being like, stupid and yeah. like Killing their brain cells for no reason. No, she's great. Yeah, trying to get guys with white t-shirts to look at them. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I think that like you know, I from her I get so much, but from me to her, we we reciprocate lots of different things, and she gets company from me, and I get laughter and crazy mm. stuff and uh, jerk chicken from her. Yeah. So. <laughs> Cultural appropriation. Um, I think that could be a wonderful way of describing soulmates because. There's no reason for you to. It's you know it's not an accident of birth. It's not a member of your family. It's not someone who you went looking for because your romantic needs. It's somebody who just was there and you found them kind of by accident. Mm. And that kind of sounds like two souls who just 
suddenly are compatible and just kind of like oh oh wow it's almost yeah. like that it's almost like the thing that makes it soulmates is the fact that it's unmanufactured yeah and it, on paper you just wouldn't put us together hmm. you know um that said i want to see the sitcom i mean i, I would love BBC to do sitcom. a sitcom with a she would be the best like if you ever get a chance to look at bbc3 uh she she went she did one of their videos not things, things not to ask an old person love it and they were like do you still have sex <laughs> She's like, I have sex all the time. <laughs> she be like, I've been doing it all the time. And she does. She fucking loves it. There's I mean, like, you know. There's, there's, uh, you know you're, you're probably one of the most confident people I know, but it's nothing compared to you pretending to be V. <laughs> I know, change, she the, She changes her entire body, just like turns into this kind of reclining S shape. Yeah, no, she does. She'd be all like, you got the pom pom last night? I'd be like, what? She'd be like, you got the poom poom. I heard you. <laughs> I'd be like, stop listening to me having sex, V. <laughs> Put a ring on it, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she loves Bruce as well. She's like, where's my brosy? <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, great. So now you've got, you got soulmate interconnected network happening yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've got one more contender. Okay. Tell me about your dog. Oh, my God. Nelson is the best dog in the world. He is basically my son. He is right. my son. He is my baby. Um, and I just adore him. I, I take him everywhere that I can. Mm-hmm. He's basically the baby that I, I'm, I'm very maternal. Yeah. And I've always wanted to have children. Absent of a partner, you know, I got Nelson. He has been my entire world. And then Bruce came into it and they look alike. What? Like Bruce and Nelson, they look alike. <laughs> you tell me that you were, you were kind of, how'd you meet, now this is a convenient, but how'd you meet Bruce? Did you uh, look at him and you just saw, I saw a him bulldog in the street face? And I was like, you look like my, my, my baby's dad. Oh, dream weaver. <laughs> That's my I baby daddy right there. Get me through the night. <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah, they ridiculously look like each other. Like Bruce looks like a bulldog. <laughs> that's so, so it kind of now it really feels like it's your son because it's yeah. like that's daddy and that's mommy. No, and, then... and they are just they are just inseparable. They they nice. love each other. Before comedy, after working in television, I, I travelled the country for a year with Expedia, mm. and I took Nelson with me. So Nelson has been to. 52 places in the country he's been to well I think of him as your agent <laughs> no seriously every time I see a picture of you and him I'm just like he's like yeah well, it's going to cost you at least a grand if you want to get her to headline that's yeah, what I'm saying that's yeah. what I'm saying mate yeah no he'd be a great agent he's he's amazing like and he's been he's very patient he's stroppy he stinks um, <laughs> and uh, and I wouldn't have him any other way he, he's been to he's been to from everywhere from Inverness to mm. to right down to Penzance and How'd you get him? I got him from um, uh, a breeder. So I nearly went into stand-up then because I've got a bit about... Oh, right, no. Well, is that maybe no, you want to talk about? No, no. I, I got him from a breeder in Kent, but I've got a stand-up bit about... So in my show, this is a this is a little insight. I'll let you behind the scenes. <gasps> I call him Solo in my show because it's actually my my best friend. Uh, I say that I, his name's Solo. I adopted him from a lady in Glasgow. Wait, 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 why do you say his name's Solo in the show? So basically... Are you worried that you're going to get sued by your own dog? <laughs> no, 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 no. So basically, my my, my best mate, her grandma lives in, in, in Scotland and her dog is called Solo. Okay. And so every time she goes to see her, she says, oh, Solo, come here. It doesn't respond. Right. So she just says, Solo! <laughs> <laughs> Which I just think is the funniest thing in the world. That's so really in funny. my show, Nelson is 
has I've taken right and and with her permission right I've taken that and I said I've adopted her from a lady adopted him from a lady in Glasgow mm. and his name's Solo and I got him home and she said he's really obedient but he's not and he was eating everything and you know he's eating my shoes my glasses he ate a fence panel once and he was like a wood chipper for about three <laughs> days and then I, I said because I was like Solo get down Solo get down he wouldn't listen so I have to say Solo get down <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, to be so, fair, anyone would follow that instruction. Yeah, that, get done! That is the natural authoritative tone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, when you said, where did you get him from? I nearly started to say adopted him from a lady in Glasgow. That's ah, terrible. He's just, he's just <laughs> almost lied to me. Uh, yeah, straight almost to my lied face. to your face. I've lied to the whole thing, so it's fine. That's cool. That's cool. So Nelson, the dog, yeah. he has a soul. Yeah. We believe this. Yeah, yeah, Because he's yeah. an animal. Did you think you're going to be a soulmate with an animal? Oh, 100%. Like, I know what he's thinking. I know what he's about to do. Right. Um, we completely rely on each other. He relies on me as much as I rely on him. Uh, Lovely. He has a real personality. Mm. It's not like he's just a dog. He yeah. really has got a personality. He knows what I'm saying. He won't listen to it, but he knows yeah. what I'm saying. He's a bloody good dog, and I love him so much. He's middle-aged now, so oh, no. the inevitable is is no. far too soon for me. But, but I um, bet, I bet he'll 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 probably meet his fate a lot like your nat, don't you think? Like I think I think I he'll so. he'll be. I had a cat. We had cats growing up, so I'm a cat person. Yes. Yeah, um. First, it was Matilda, who was the black cat, and me and my brother scattered her ashes in a field, and it was all like, you know. And then um, Wayland, who was like one of her litter. He was this big, fat, selfish, greedy. <laughs> he was just like, you just look at my dad being like, that bowl's not going to fill itself, is it, fatty? <laughs> like, that's what he was like. He was just like this complete preening. Um, but he, we loved him. And then when he died, I remember thinking, and I kind of feel this way about certain old people, like people like uh, David Attenborough and stuff, who've been around for a long time. I think they're so lucky for the lives they've had. They've always been content all the way through and they did everything. Like, my cat never had a sad day his whole life. Yeah, that's true. And so I think, especially a dog, dog even more so, because dogs, Mm. they're so happy, loving all the time. So I think it's almost like I can't think about being sad because it's like I'd I'd kill to have one-eighth of his life. Oh, yeah, that's very true. That's a really nice way of putting it because Nelson lives the dream. I mean, he's got three beds and he gets fed and he does that thing with his bowl. We go up to him and bark at it. So <laughs> say, fill me up. It's funny you said about cats because we always had cats growing up. We had two cats, Tom and Jerry. Who was Jerry? I bet he had a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry was my favourite. And actually, it's really funny because um, my mum, literally a couple of weeks ago, my mum gave me this sort of folder that she'd found and it was all like stuff from like 1994 mm. 1997 like mm. really old <laughs> <I can't>... <laughs> <laughs> so basically I'll send you when I get home I'll send Please. you a picture I've got a drawing I've done of Jerry right and it's dated so it's a picture of this cat not too bad actually but it's a shit picture of this cat and it says Jerry and then it says the date and it says 12th of the 11th like 94 or 97 okay. or something like that and then you turn it over and it said, sadly, Jerry, <laughs> sadly, Jerry passed away on the 14th of the 11th, so oh like two, two days later, I, the kiss of death, don't you're, let me do a portrait of you. You're like you. a creepy kid in like a horror film. Yeah. You drew a picture of the cat and then two days later it died. fucking died. Yeah. If actually, Sadly, Jerry passed away. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's been dead for 10 years. <laughs> what? 
Actually, I think this is a very convenient time to ask the listeners if you can hear the children playing across because the sensor of the microphone is so sensitive. Can you hear the children playing? Are you expecting me to answer now? Uh, yes. Oh, no, that's creepy. But no, seriously, the, the children, I'm worried it's going to be like, creepy noises. Oh, yeah. They're, well, they're, Ruining they're, 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 the podcast. Like, kind of like the whole podcast is going to have this kind of like we Victorian ghost story happening yeah. Uh, concurrently. Yeah, and we're opposite of school. We could have done it in mine and then just have Nelson barking in the background. The that would have been, that that been even See, we should have done it. Worse. And it would have been, it would have been such a nicer environment. <laughs> I love that story about the cat. Was it your mum who'd written the thing or did you write no, it? No, I wrote it. Oh, you mean like... <laughs> I wrote it. I wrote That's it. the scariest Sadly, part. Sadly, Jerry passed away. You know, I literally wrote it the day he passed away. I must have got my drawing out and been all sad and written it oh. on there. And now I'm so adorable. That is adorable. Um, right. Pets is family. I, I, I believe that one. Pets are life, man. Like, pets, mm. are, pets are such a such a big part of our lives. And you can't you can't pick up something shit and not love it. Mm. <laughs> you know? I think, like, like, Nelson is, yeah, my everything. And... Um, that's lovely, and and yeah. you know, dogs very much are. You know, it's the cliche, isn't it? They are the rehearsal babies. Oh so, yeah, he's definitely rehearsal. You know, I'm yeah. sure you're going to be a great mum and all that so. kind of stuff. And then, I mean, maybe it'll cause friction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't know how he'll feel if a baby's in the house. But maybe he'll be like the best. Maybe he'll be like you know the nanny. I hope so. He'll be like Nana the dog from Peter Pan. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> okay. So I just got ahead of Peter Pan moment then. Um, Okay, he so... Peter panned in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you think do you feel comfortable picking a soulmate out of that list, or do you think maybe it's possible to have multiple soulmates? I think it's possible. It's definitely possible to have multiple. Uh, I I think that they are all soulmates for different reasons, but I think it's you know it's got to be Bruce. Okay. Just because I very much planning to build my life with this man right and and you know he better be you should see yeah. the size of him right okay <laughs> no, no but if i'm planning to have his children <laughs> right, he's i'm gonna have to have some real reconstructive surgery after this shit <laughs> so if i'm willing if i'm willing to damage my, my perfect chalice for this man <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, you know, I think he's got to be my soulmate. Think, all this time, it could have been one of those white t-shirt fellas. Yeah, no, I know. I'm so glad that it's him. He's such a good bloke, and he really is. You know, he's, he's an absolute hunk, but he has no ego about him whatsoever. And, mm. and uh, I think that it's a big thing to sort of to know instantly that that's that's. Uh, and it was instantly that I thought that about him. I thought he's, he is perfect. Oh yeah, everywhere. how did you meet him? You just saw him. I was flyering for my show in Brighton. No, mm. it's a flyer a romance. Yeah, I flyered. I flyered him and all of his mates, and then um, it was really good because uh, they. I got them all to phone up the box office to get tickets, and I'd sold out for that night. What which was made it? Me look or really you, so you gave him a number? So well, no, I sold the box out. Office. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, they all <laughs> the, the venue. Get get the digits. Get the digits, <laughs> man. Get the venue digits. It was like, I actually played it really cool. I got them all to buy tickets for the following day's show. And then I walked off without giving him my number. And he, he, he tracked me down on Instagram, actually. But they all bought tickets. Him and all of his mates, about eight of them, bought tickets for my show. And then the following night, I come out on the stage and all of his mates were there. But he wasn't. Well, they'd come back again. He, no. no the, oh, the first time that they the went, following night, he wasn't they, there. He, he didn't come. But he came the, the but night he did before. later, right? Oh! 
Never stop coming. <laughs> No, no, he didn't come because he got called out to work, and then he messaged me. I feel like there's some missing storyline in the middle of that. No, so yeah, no, just all of his mates come, and I had a terrible show. It all went wrong. And oh, no. um, you had a terrible show as well. It wasn't great. I was had it because some... you spent the whole time I was sad really that he wasn't there? Yeah. Oh, of course. I was. It really threw me at the start, and then I had some uh, some a little Asian family at the front who definitely didn't come for my show and they, right. <laughs> and they looked horrified the entire time and uh, I just I had a terrible show and and I was so upset I, I mean I was really upset that he hadn't come that's so interesting yeah like instantly really upset and then bless him he knew where I was staying and um, he knew where you were staying he, he, well I'd, I'd, we'd messaged you on told Instagram him everything about like, you I'm staying at the grand if you fancy coming and um, and uh, <laughs> he sent um, some champagne up to my room to say sorry and uh, then that was it. Okay, and then he came up on the... That, that was on the Monday. That is a right there. That yeah. is classy. It's very classy. You said champagne up to your room and you just drank it by yourself? Like, just like, yeah. just have some champagne. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, he... That was on the Monday. And then on the Wednesday, he come up to London for a date. And we were... We <laughs> we didn't stop snogging the whole time. It was one of those oh, disgusting people, which I hate. That is disgusting. But I just I'm, couldn't keep my hands off him. And I then I'm we've been together up. ever since. Oh. Oh, God. It's um. This is good. This is this is a podcast about love. This is uh, this is great yeah, stuff. Yeah, Stephen looks very really happy not, with I'm this. I'm not crying. <laughs> oh god. Okay. No, but that's lovely. That's that's the dream as well. Like yeah. you found him I through comedy. I've seen frogs before that, and okay. and, and and yeah, comedy. And so you Com- switched to bulldogs, and everything was fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Big bulldogs get the jowls on the go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no comedy led. Comedy led me to him, but comedy also put me in a position where I was very happy with myself. So when I did meet him, I was confident and not putting on an act. Speaking or in your true voice. Just, just in my true voice. And he liked that. Yeah. He didn't like the package that I was presenting to him. He liked who I was. Yeah. So when it's all come to, you know, be, uh, I haven't had to sort of adjust myself to... To, to anything he's just he accepted who I was straight from the start so comedy I do have a lot to thanks to comedy actually yeah yeah. people yeah. people try so hard to be the type of person that other people are going to want in their careers and in mm-hmm. love yeah yeah what you are isn't ever a bad thing unless mm. you're an arsehole yeah do you know what I mean if you're a good person and you're a nice person actually really getting into that and really sitting and enjoying that mm. um someone will love that yeah there's you know and that's that's the that's the key to it isn't it really and that's the that is genuinely the best thing about being in your 30s I think mm. just just not giving a shit anymore well, that sounds like some fucking advice to live by, folks. <laughs> I think that's brilliant. I think we can wrap that part of the show up. With Yay! A, uh, with a boat. Yeah. Well, um, thank you very much for listening. No, no, we got more. Oh. We got a little game at the end, remember? Oh, yeah, sorry. Do you I, do that? I thought you were, yes. She was going to wrap up my own goddamn show for I, me. I, he, well, you sort of pointed just at the microphone. Just because you're on telly. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just, just fucking stealing my lead. Okay. So you pointed at the microphone. Yes. Yeah. No. Game, game time. Game time. We're going to wrap up the show every week with a little game. You know, it doesn't have to take too long or whatever. You can rattle them off or you can talk about them in detail, whatever you want. Okay. Uh, you have to give me something that you don't love that everyone else in the world kind of seems to love. Okay. That you just don't get. And then just tell me something that you do love and you can just fucking proselytize to me. Just like sell it to me. And it doesn't have to be related to the theme of what we've already talked about or anything. Okay, so the thing that I don't love that everyone in the world seems to love 
is Beyonce. Wow! I knew that was going to get their reaction. Controversial. Yeah. I don't mind the music. The music's fine. But I think, like, you know, like, what would Beyonce do? I can give a fuck what Beyonce would do. Where, the only time I would consult Beyonce, right, <laughs> is if I was trying to learn how to sing well. Right? Right. I don't need, like, you know, she's an inspiration. What is she inspiring about, right? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. She's a very, very talented, yeah. very good singer, right? Yes. But people talk about her like she's some some sort of, uh, you know, actual guide in life and way that you should live your life. She's got a clothing brand, Ivy Park, mm-hmm. that is made out of sweatshops. Is you it? Know that? No, I did not know that. It, She's who produces, runs the world? She, yeah, Girls. Yeah, who runs who the works world? in my sweatshops? Children. children. Oh, no. Who runs who runs your machines, Beyonce? Wow. Bloody children, mate. That's insane. So, <laughs> no, I just I just it's not a real thing with Beyonce per se. It's more the obsession from other people yes, with her. It's the elevation. That's of... not that is the nail on the head. It's more people's obsession yeah. with how she is the the, the queen bee, yeah. as they call her. We're living in the cult of personality at the moment. Yeah, and actually, like, just... She's a singer. She's a really bloody good singer. Yeah. But she's not the the, the messiah for, for living your life and what would Beyonce do? Well, in fact, it's almost, it's almost a countdown until we see... Until she completely... Like, it, it seems like every celebrity nowadays, it's just countdown until they mm. do or say something that means that... The, our hopes and dreams of what they were just gets shattered. Yeah, and I think that's maybe that's it. That, uh, leaving Beyonce alone is the obsession with celebrity. I, I get it. Like celebrity, to become a celebrity, you're celebrated for being some really good mm. at something, right? And you, that's you, you could count yourself as a celebrity. Oh, oh yeah, you know, you're getting there. You are getting there. Yeah, a bit more practice. How do you feel about there. that? I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about it. If that means that I'm successful in what I'm doing, right. I think a lot, of, a lot of people want to be famous, not celebrities. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, in the very nature of what I'm doing and the career I'm doing, in order to be successful out of it, you you pretty much need to be uh, a celebrity. But but you, uh, it's not necessarily something that you're going to draw a lot of satisfaction from. You just I mean, want to be. You just want, you just want to be I able would. to do it, the thing. Of course, that... I would. If I, you know, if if you know, I, there's there's no way that I'm going to sit here and say that if I'm in a restaurant and people are like, oh my god, it's Kelly Convey, I'm going to be all like, <laughs> sweet. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's great. At the moment, you could just about manage like like a sweaty back back room of a pub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's Kelly. Oh shit. <laughs> well, it's like when I went on. First do you want dates. to make ice cream, play? <laughs> when I went on first dates for the first couple of weeks, I had a couple of occasions where I'd be in a pub and people would come. Up to me and take photos with me, wow. and I loved every fucking second. <laughs> <of it. Okay>? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. You know, that's that's. I'm. A, I've never denied that. I'm. A, a, you know, I like attention. Yeah. Um, I'm a bold person. I, I, that doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't want people to uh, idolize me on a way that they would mold their lives around it. I've never molded my life around the way that a celebrity acts or does things or I think it's very unhealthy because mm. that celebrity you only see the really good parts of it yeah like going back to Beyonce poor woman she's had some you're not you know that's not going to be or it's going to be splashed around and changed and well, nobody's life no one's should perfect. be seen by everyone that's yeah think about just how think about just your own life imagine if there were cameras watching you the, yeah. for the worst moments of your life yeah and I think that's it just focus on yourself and not be so obsessed with everyone else. And mm. actually, you would get so much more done. 
It should be, what What would you do? <laughs> yes. Exactly. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Not like, you know, I mean, the only, the only thing that, uh, you know, I would like to model myself on from Beyonce is he should have put a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like that one. I yeah. like that one. Cool. Okay. Um, uh, things I love. Thing well, something that you love. It could be anything. Um, but it's something that I need to sell to you, sort of thing. Well, just kind of like tell me why you love it, and I might um, agree or I might not. But it's that's not that's not part of the just just yeah. Well, I've got well one thing that I've recently fallen in love with is knitting. Really? I learned how to knit at Christmas, and I fucking love it. You learned how to knit this Christmas? <laughs> yeah, and I've almost You're not finished wearing, a scarf. You, the, the, oh my god, no! Okay, <laughs> Kelly is wearing a really, really nice Christmas sweater at the moment, <laughs> which is like full of detail and nice little like small. Yeah. It's like red and white and black. Okay. No, no, my name is not Ralph Lauren. Um, <laughs> I, um no, I um. I learned how to knit. I really wanted to do it. And then Bruce bought me some, uh, like a whole set of knitting needles and stuff like that. <laughs> so I love, I love knitting. And do you know what it does? It's stopping me looking at my phone. Wow. I've hardly look at Facebook or anything. I've realised that I do that out of boredom. Mm. And when I'm sitting trying to write comedy, what I do is I go and sit in a cafe or in my kitchen or whatever and I'll stare. Yeah. I might stare at a wall. I don't, I'm not really looking at what I'm staring at. And, because uh, I'm thinking, but when I, I can knit... And I can think and I can go into the knitting and just have a, and think about my comedy. Mm. And it's really, really therapeutic and cathartic and really, really nice. So I would recommend it because then you get something out of it. At the yeah. end of it, you get scarf and I love knitwear. So. Have, what have you got? I mean, have you, have you produced anything yet? What, what's, what's so, your, what's yeah, your, so uh... I've made Bruce a scarf. Well, I mean, it's nearly done and it's really lovely wool. I've been using six inch um, needles <laughs> if anyone out there is a knitter. Um, it's very tight knit. I should, do you know what? I thought about bringing it and then I I thought don't bring it because I'd be sitting in knitting. What do you mean? You could have brought like show and tell props and it, stuff. That oh, would have been great. Okay. Uh, right, take I've, a I've picture with it at home. You've got a knitted mouse up there, and I was thinking, oh, oh my god, that pattern must be. That's really my housemate tall. Jenny. She's always knitting. She makes her her nephew that she makes her family things. Yeah, it's the presents. best. Great skill. You can just do it in your downtime or when you want to get off the screen, and you get something out of it at the end of it. Hmm. So I'm really excited about knitting. Again, I absolutely love the old school nature of it. And I know, also, I'm proper old school the housewife. Be- the beautiful irony of how like you did this show about being like a housewife and like getting a little bit of like tension from people for that and then like your your boyfriend for Christmas buys you a pair of knitting needles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What's it. next? Like oven mitts and like just get back in the I kitchen. I actually asked for an iron. Knit <laughs> me some socks, woman. No, no, I actually asked for an iron genuinely, and he didn't get it for me. He got me some knitting needles, but I'm, I'm very happy with it. And my other obsession is France. I nice. love France. Really love, love France. France. Love the food. Love the people. Love the scenery. Love the architecture. Hmm. I love the language. I'm semi proficient in French. Do you do it with your um? With your Kent accent? No. Oh, okay. Ooh, Ooh. Ooh say that close to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> My accent uh, is trop bien. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have this friend, Liam, and uh, the, he and a bunch of friends went to 
Portugal and stuff. Mm. I, I, no, I can't even do it because I don't even know any Portuguese. But it'd be like <laughs> the equivalent of going to the blue, the bar, the blue bar. You know, <laughs> like, that's what you would do. You'd come yeah. from Boscombe in Dorset. No, it's been always been my position to learn French. So I, I consciously try and learn all the time. Um, I play Duolingo and I listen to Michel Thomas in my car. And when I go there, nice. I, I, we go there quite a lot, me and Bruce and we take Nelson. But So by sort of day four, I'm pretty much rolling with it. Amazing. Um, where do you where do you go? Because um, my family we used to do a lot of like the south of France, like yeah, you nice. know the Dordogne and Limoges. We and stuff. actually haven't really gone as far south as we'd like because just because we drive with Nelson, we don't mm. fly. So we've been to Reims, which is the Champagne region, which yeah. is absolutely beautiful. Nice. Uh, we've been to northern France a couple of times, and we're planning on we are planning on doing like a three week trip. Mm. at some point where we drive and we just drive the whole of France um, mm. and just really get the accent, uh, get the, the language going. And mm. um, yeah, yeah. Although, um, so you like Paris because you've been. Bruce better not step fucking foot back there unless he's got a fucking plan <laughs> in place, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, it's, um, oh, babe, right, I'm, I'm performing at the Glee Club this weekend in Cardiff, right? Oh, nice. And Bruce is coming with me for the weekend. Mm. I'm convinced he's going to do it there. In Cardiff. Well, like, okay. I'm obsessed. He won't. <laughs> he won't. Right? He's like, oh, we, maybe we could drive out to the Brecon Beacons. I was like, oh, yeah, romantic walk, is it? <laughs> 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 the poor bloke. I don't know how he does it. But, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he's obviously a, a master tantric, like, you know, you know, delayed gratification. He knows exactly how long to leave it. Before yeah, yeah. Uh, before making an about turn, I don't know. If maybe it, maybe it will be when you're on the loo or something. Do you think that would be? A, would you take that? Would it be romantic or would you be like? Angry? Even I'll take it anywhere at a bus stop. I would take it. Okay. I mean that sounds. That sounds like a great final. <laughs> <laughs> sounds final. like one of my mates lost their virginity. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Jerry Springer final thoughts. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> yeah. In a bus shelter. In it. <laughs> it's lovely. Oh, I've enjoyed talking to you. I've had a lovely time. This has been a great time. Yeah. I'm really excited about this podcast. I think it's going to be... I'm really enjoying talking to people. I hope you've had a good time. I've had a great time. And I I don't even feel poorly anymore. Oh, my God. I'm very happy. So, yeah, it's very good. So, So, I can't make anyone sick romantically, but I can... Cure. Cure them. Yeah. I'm like, I'm the chicken soup of lonely white guys. Okay, right. Um, So you've been listening to uh, 50 Uses for the Word Love. Today's form of love was soulmates. My guest has been Kelly Convey. Say goodbye. Thank you and goodbye. I'm Stephen Trumbull and I love you. I love you too. Oh!